All right, Wrestling With Theology fans, this is Pastor Doug Minton. It is Thursday, so we are digging deeper into the Psalms this week, Psalm 102. As we see a psalm for those who are pouring out their complaint before the Lord. Those, especially as the superscription says, that are faint, that are at that point of not being able to continue on with life in their own eyes, in their own thoughts but pouring out their complaint before God, seeking his help. So let's see what Psalm 102 has to say. As a prayer of one afflicted when he is faint and pours out his complaint before the Lord. Hear my prayer, O Lord. Let my cry come to you. Do not hide your face from me in the day of my distress. Incline your ear to me. Answer me speedily in the day when I call. For my days pass away like smoke and my bones burn like a furnace. My heart is struck down like grass and has withered. I forget to eat my bread. Because of my loud groaning, my bones cling to my flesh. I am like a desert owl of the wilderness, like an owl of the waste places. I lie awake. I am lonely. I am like a lonely sparrow on the housetop. All the day my enemies taunt me. Those who deride me use my name for a curse. For I eat ashes like bread and mingle tears with my drink because of your indignation and anger. For you have taken me up and thrown me down. My days are like an evening shadow. I wither away like grass. For, but you, O Lord, are enthroned forever. You are remembered throughout all generations. You will arise and have pity on Zion. It is time to favor her. The appointed time has come. For your servants hold her stones dear and have pity on her dust. Nations will fear the name of the Lord, and all the kings of the earth will fear your glory. For the Lord builds up Zion. He appears in his glory. He regards the prayer of the destitute and does not despise their prayer. Let this be recorded for a generation to come, so that a people yet to be created may praise the Lord, that he looked down from his holy height. From heaven the Lord looked at the earth to hear the groans of the prisoners, to set free those who were doomed to die, that they may declare in Zion the name of the Lord and in Jerusalem his praise when peoples gather together in kingdoms to worship the Lord. He has broken my strength in mid-course. He has shortened my days. Oh, my God, I say, take me not away in the midst of my days, you whose years endure throughout all generations. Of old you laid the foundations of the earth, and the heavens are the work of your hands. They will perish, but you will remain. They will wear out like a garment. You will change them like a robe, and they will pass away. But you are the same, and your years have no end. The children of your servants shall dwell secure. Their offspring shall be established before you. So far, Psalm 102. The superscription has that great thing of a psalm of complaint as one pours out his soul before the Lord. Because more often than not, we seem to have those days where we have to just pour out our hearts before God so that we can even have an inkling of the understanding of his love. And isn't it funny how we have to get down to the bottom of the pit before we realize just how loved we are and seeking God to show us that love when we need to realize that even when we're at the bottom of the pit, God is still providing for us. God is still watching over us. We haven't gone away from his presence, but we feel that he has turned his face away from us. And that is the point of this whole psalm, 
is we don't want the Lord to turn away his face from us, which is verse 2. We want what we hear in the ironic benediction. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. We want the Lord's face to shine on us. He, we want us, him to look on us with delight and favor. We don't want his face to turn from us because that's exactly what happened on the cross for Jesus. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? That was God turning his face from his son. We don't want that. We move on to verse 8. As he pours out his complaint, All the day my enemies taunt me. Those who deride me use my name for a curse. This goes back to the covenant with Abraham in Genesis 12. I will bless those who bless you. I will curse those who curse you. And in your seed, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. And in your seed, all the families of the earth will also be cursed. Those who do not bless you and those who curse you. Which is what exactly happens when we talk about who's saved and who's not. The ones who are saved are the ones who believe, the ones who call upon the Lord in faith, believing that he will come to their rescue. Believing, as we saw last week and the weeks before, of singing a new song to the Lord, singing the praises of him whose steadfast love endures forever, whose faithfulness is shown to all generations. And he goes on to talk about his diet in verse 9 for i eat ashes like bread and mingle tears with my drink we go back to psalm 80 and we have again this idea this time coming from asaph give ear o shepherd of israel you who lead joseph like a flock you who are enthroned upon the cherubim shine forth before ephraim and benjamin and manasseh stir up your might and come to save us restore us o god let your face shine that we may be saved. O Lord God of hosts, how long will you be angry with your people's prayers? You have fed them with the bread of tears and given them tears to drink in full measure. You make us an object of contention for our neighbors and our enemies laugh among themselves. And there are other places throughout not only the Psalms, but even into the prophets that talk about this very thing. The ashes and the tears that are shed as the enemies of God taunt the, the believers. But, verse 13, you will arise and have pity on Zion. It is time to favor her. The appointed time has come. This is one of those things, especially when we come through not only the Epiphany season, but into the Lent season, that we start off the Epiphany season with the first miracle of Jesus the turning of water into wine at Cana. And what is it that Jesus says to his mother? My time has not yet come. As we get to the Passion, and we talk about what happens at Monday, Thursday, Good Friday, Jesus' time has come. Nobody who even wants to try to stop it can stop it because that is the appointed time. 
That was the time for salvation to be given to the earth. That was the time for God's glory to be shown against sin, but also with Easter morning to bring about resurrection and life everlasting. That is God having pity upon his people. And 14 gives a very poignant description of the people in exile. For your servants hold her stones dear and have pity on her dust. They are so homesick in exile that even just the dust of the earth that came from Israel is precious to them. That the rocks, just to say they were from Israel, now we have that as well in our day that people go over to the Holy Land, and I have nothing against those who go over to the Holy Land, but they bring back all these trinkets that not necessarily are worth anything, but they're from Israel, they're from the Holy Land. They have to be of some importance. That's the opposite today. We go back to try to connect to what was not ours in the first place. These people, they were the ones taken out of the land. They were the ones who were removed, who want to go back home. Not just for a visit, not to do all the touristy things, but to live and to dwell and abide. That is why they cherish the rocks and the dust of Israel. And that brings us to verse 18. Let this be recorded for a generation to come, so that a people yet to be created may praise the Lord. This psalm is likely written during the Babylonian captivity. It is written so that the following generations might know that God has promised to restore his people, that Israel will go back to the promised land after their 70 years are done and their exile. Their time in Babylon is not permanent because their Lord loves them and cares for them. And they go into the imagery from the Exodus. He looked down from his holy height. From heaven the Lord looked at the earth to hear the groans of the prisoners, to set free those who were doomed to die, that they may declare in Zion the name of the Lord and in Jerusalem his praise when peoples gather together in kingdoms to worship the Lord. It's very similar wording to what was used when God calls Moses in the burning bush and says, I have heard the groanings of my people. I have heard the cries against their overlords. This is the same thing. In Babylon, there is the same groaning. There is the same crying out. Not necessarily from the overseers and the slave masters, but at wanting to go back home. That was the big thing in the exile, to be able to go back to the land that God had promised to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, that their descendants would live there forever. They failed in keeping the law. They had failed in remaining faithful to God, so God punished them by sending them away. But it was not forever. It was only for a time for them to come back and to have another chance after having that time of penance 
that time of receiving the punishment, understanding their need for forgiveness and repentance so that they might do better the next time. And well, we're still trying to figure out how to get Israel back to the promised land, or at least some corners of the Christian church are doing that. And I don't see the point of it, but that's an entire other thing that we'll talk about later on as we, after we get through the Psalms, we're going into John's writings. And when we get into Revelation, we can talk all about that and all of the crazy stuff that they have ideas of then. But right now, let's stick back to the Psalm and especially the last few verses. Of old you laid the foundation of the earth, and the heavens are the work of your hands. They will perish, but you will remain. They will wear out like a garment. You will change them like a robe, and they will pass away. But you are the same, and your years have no end. Man changes. God does not. As Hebrews tells us, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and tomorrow and forever. God does not change. He says that in Malachi himself. And so we have to understand that. That is what causes our praise. That is why we can cry to the Lord and complain as we are face down in the ground at the lowest point we can possibly think we can get to and say, God, do not hide your face from me. Let your face shine on me. Look upon me with favor and give me peace. That is what we want. That is why we in the service with that benediction is because that is what we need in this life. We need God's peace because only God's peace can grant us the certainty, the security that we are looking for because with man, nothing is certain. Nothing is secure. But with God, if he says something is going to happen, it's going to happen. And there is no changing that. All right, that is it for Psalm 102. I thank you for being here this week as we pour out our complaint to the Lord. But seeing that even in the midst of our complaints, God's face is still shining on us. Even in the bottom of the pit. Because he is there with us. Because he cares that deeply for us. All right, next week we get into Psalm 103, coming out of the pit of complaint and despair into the encouragement to bless the Lord. Because we need that coming up. Because if we stay on this depressing, despairing moment, we will be depressed and despairing, seeking where we may to find God's face, not realizing that it's there with us all along. All right, thank you for being here, digging deeper into Psalm 102 with me this week. Come back Monday for the Confessional Corner. Listen to the Moments of Meditation. All the great things that we have on this podcast to help equip you to wrestle with the theology around you. Amen.